This morning, I would like to share with you one of my ministries that I'm working with, the Healing Moments Ministries with Alzheimer's Caregivers. This ministry is inspired by the habilitation model of care, which is brought forth in the book Learning to Speak Alzheimer's. In the reading, it displayed a situation that was the typical way of working with people with Alzheimer's and other di dementias. And up until really rather recently, it was called reality orientation. And staff members were taught to enforce a sense of the here and now. And the idea was to make sure that all the residents knew who they were, where they were, what day of the week, what they had for breakfast, and the name of the President of the United States. Though actually in the last eight years, for some reason, eight, the patients tend to get a little riled up when they were asked that question. But this reality orientation is really the complete opposite of what the habilitation teaches. And this model of care teaches our caregivers to place themselves in the world of the patient, no matter where they are. It's to create moments and opportunities of success. Joanne Conicasta developed this theory after working with her husband who had Alzheimer's. And Joanne actually happens to be UU. I just learned that a couple months ago. Um, the habilitative approach acknowledges that reasoning with someone who has lost the power to reason only ensures confrontation. So let's imagine the scene with staff members trained in habilitation model. When Mary expressed her wish to see her mother, the nursing aide said simply, tell me about her. She's a great cook, Mary said. What does she make that you especially like? Oh, her pies are the best. I can never match them. Oh dear, now I'm getting hungry. Claire took Mary's hand and guided her toward the dining room. Me too. You have a cup of coffee while I go get your friend Pat. We'll be right back. Dignity intact, free from medical and chemical restraint, Mary sat back with her coffee and awaited her friend's arrival. Thoughts of her mother faded, replaced by the positive experience of Claire's smiling face and extended hand. This is the work that we try to do in healing moments of creating these moments of success. Moments where the person with Alzheimer's dignity remains intact. Healing Moments was started by a UU minister named Jade Angelica. And she developed this work through her relationship with her mother who has Alzheimer's. It came about when Jade was living in Maine and her mother was in Iowa with her sister. And her sister calls Jade up and says, could you come and spend two weeks with mom? 
I would like to go on vacation. And Jade said, of course, I'll go and spend time with mom. And then her sister says, well, she can be difficult. So if she gives you any trouble, you can give her drugs or threaten to send her to a mental hospital. And then she generally will obey. And Jade thought there had to be another way. So she talks to a friend who, reckon, who recommends the book, Learning to Speak Alzheimer's. And so Jade orders the book from Amazon and on the plane over to Iowa, starts reading the book. And she says, just about over Michigan, she has an epiphany. That what Joanne is doing is improvisational theater. She's doing improv with her husband. And so Jade says, Jade, who had been taking improv classes for a couple years, says, I'm going to try this with mom. And so she spends the two weeks, does improv with her mother, goes right into her world, and has a wonderful time. And then when she is leaving, her mother comes to her, not really remembering who Jade is, but says, could you stay with me? The other one's not as nice as you. Jade is now in Iowa taking care of her mother full time, though her mother is in an assisted living facility. She moved to Iowa to be present with her mother and is doing this work in Iowa. So what do we do? We train caregivers of Alzheimer's patients improv theater techniques. As for two reasons. One is a way of being able to go into that place and to that moment of time that the person that they're caring for is in. A person with Alzheimer's can be in any place, any time. They could think of you as any person. And so to be able to go and be completely in that moment and work with them, that is what we teach. But do we also teach about the spiritual principles of improvisational theater? Improv is about being completely present in the moment and accepting the offer that is giving, given to you. We think about being present as this really high spiritual concept to be able to do. You know, monks spend years trying to develop the ability to be present. And people with Alzheimer's, that's all they can do is be present. And they have so much to teach us on how to be in the moment. The other piece about acceptance is that the recent research has shown that the only thing to relieve caregiver stress is acceptance. And so our work is not just for the person with Alzheimer's, but for helping the caregiver as well. So our basic principle, the basic principle of improvisational theater is to accept the offer. It's to say yes to what is given to you. The improv guru, Keith Johnstone, says that there are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. Those who say yes are rewarded with the great adventures they have, and those who say no are awarded by the safety they attain. 
there are far more no-sayers than yes-sayers. But you can train one type to behave like the other. And that is what we do. We help train the no-sayers to be yes-sayers. But this work isn't just about caregivers of Alzheimer's patients. This is work that really applies to what we do in our own lives. It helps us deal with the situations and people that we encounter to be present and accept what is offered. Jay tells a story of after taking improv class and walking through a park and it starts pouring rain. And she's in the middle of the park. It's going to take at least 10 minutes to get to her house. And it is just torrential rain. And so she's extremely soaked, angry, frustrated. And then she thinks about, well, what happens if I say yes? And she says yes to the rain. And she starts to smile. She dances her way through the park, and she feels her spirits lift. And being in the rain no longer is this horrible drudgery that she has to deal with, but this moment of encounter with the rain, and this way of enjoying what nature has provided her. Rumi says that to learn the alchemy true beings know, the moment you accept what troubles you've been given, the door opens. Acceptance allows us to see our way through whatever issue is coming. We can sometimes get so blocked in trying to deny what is happening to us that then we are not able to actually see our way through or around the situation that has come. And so by accepting, okay, this is what it is, now what do I do? We have, give, we have a basis to work from. Now when I talk about acceptance, it doesn't mean that you have to really just let go and whatever happens, you just agree with it and go through. It is really just accepting that what happens as the starting point. And that is where you work from, and that's resisting from the, the emotion and the situation that is happening. This work is also very good when dealing with others. Each of us has a piece of reality that we see, and it is very true to us. But it may not be true to the person standing right across from you or next to you. To me, I think acceptance is affirming the inherent worth and dignity of every person, accepting where they are, who they are at that moment, and that is reality is true for them, and then how you engage from that perspective. There is an ancient story of the blind men and the elephant. In this story, the a group of blind men are brought to meet an elephant and are asked to describe what is an elephant. And so one person touches the side and says, oh, an elephant is like a wall. 
The other touches the tusk and says no. An elephant is like a spear. One touches the trunk and says, you're both wrong. An elephant is like a snake. The next touches the elephant's knee and says, no, no, no. An elephant is like a tree. Another touches the ear and says, you, you all have got it wrong. An elephant is like a fan. And the last one has the tail and says, I don't know what you all are talking about. An elephant is like a rope. All of them were right in their own way. And all of them were wrong. They were not able to see the whole picture. And so our acceptance is accepting that you are seeing the reality from your perspective. But how do we open to see all the other perspectives that are there? To see what the grander picture might be that we cannot see because we are so focused on our own path. Now acceptance really is not agreeing. You do not need to necessarily, you can accept someone's reality and not be saying yes to what they're saying. What you do is you say, you affirm where they are and then try to see what is underneath the reality that's there. We have a whole section in our ministry on dealing with difficult concepts or difficult statements. Because people with Alzheimer's will say things and you, how, you have to think, how do you accept what they're saying? without agreeing. For example, a woman in a nursing home was sitting in a chair and a person comes up to her and just sees that she's having a wonderful blouse and says, oh, you have a beautiful blouse. And the woman says, they're trying to kill me. Well, how do you accept that? And the person goes and says, oh, no, no, no one could try to kill you. You're such a sweet woman. And she says, they're trying to kill me. And uh, one of the staff members comes by and says, you're safe here. Look, Claire is watching you. No one can harm you. The staff person didn't say, yes, someone is trying to kill you. But they did realize that there's some issue around safety and affirm the, the woman's need to feel safe. And sometimes when we're working with other people and talking to other people, there is some other emotion or feeling or situation that is underlying what they're saying. And so to be able to accept what they're saying is true from their viewpoint, but then try to talk with them about what's underneath can sometimes help in our conversations, can help when we're in those conflict-ridden conversations. A friend of mine is dealing, doing a lot of work with Christian Muslim understanding. And she's been doing a lot of lectures around the area. And, and doing a Googling herself, as she tries to do every once in a while, she finds her name mentioned on this extremely conservative Christian blog. And someone is responding not to her lecture, 
but a review somebody wrote of her lecture. And the remarks are unfriendly to be kind. Some, some of the comments almost actually made her check on who the person was because she could almost be construed as a threat on her life, the way that, the, how drastic some of the wording was. And she was trying to figure out, well, should she respond? How do you respond? And what she kept coming up with is, they have a completely different view of reality than she does. That it's not about trying to reason with them about, no, this is the truth and this is the truth. It's that their basis of truth is grounded in a whole other side of ethics and understanding and belief. So how do you communicate? And the only thing she can do is, you've got to accept that that's is where they're coming from. And then, where are the places of intersect? She chose not to actually directly write something on the blog because then it becomes this impersonal conversation. But now she's learning what she needs to do as she goes out and speaks because this is going to happen over and over again and people are going to, people have such strong opinions on what Muslim, who Muslims are and what they actually believe in that if she's countering that, she's going to be coming across strongly held opinions all the time. When we learn to accept, we learn then to start dealing with what the emotion is underneath the statements. Maya Angelou says, I've learned that people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And so by acceptance, one of the things that we do is help people feel affirmed. And to be able to start from that place of affirmation helps cut out some of the initial conflict from the very beginning. Many of the people we work with with Alzheimer's, they may not remember who we are when we see them the next time, but they remember how we made them feel. And they'll be drawn to us as, oh, that person made me feel good. And I will talk to them. And they may not talk to anybody else, but they will talk to someone who made them feel good, even if they have no concept of who this person is. They may talk to them every day and not know who they are from day to day, but they remember something about this person made me feel good. So I'm going to give you a little taste of what we do in our ministry and take you through an exercise in improv. Don't be scared. People tend to get nervous when I say improv. This is actually going to be easy to do. What all I'm going to do is give you an offer and you accept the offer. And you have a line. Your line is, yes, let's. Repeat that with me. Yes, 
Let's. Okay. Hey, everybody. Let's turn to our neighbor and smile at them. Yes, let's. <laughs> See, that wasn't so hard, was it? <laughs> Congratulations, you have done improv. <laughs> when we say yes, we cultivate peace within ourselves and help us affirm the inherent worth and dignity in ourselves and in each other. Hey everybody, let us say yes at least one time this week. Yes, let's. Blessed be.